Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to widestmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Does My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met at a training, and our secret sauce is that we and our partners became fast friends. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for couples therapy. If something you hear in this podcast stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com to leave a question of your own. Here's today's question. So today's question comes from a listener who wrote in and asked us if we would consider talking about the dynamics between interracial couples and the conflicts that arise from their cultural differences. Yes. I say yes. (laughs) I say let's talk about it. Yeah. 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 One of the things that comes up for me right away is how much misinterpretation Mm -hmm. there can Mm -hmm. be. Because I'm guessing... Um that what you're doing means something based on my landscape and my history and my culture, right? Mm-hmm. And then what you're actually doing means something different, different in your culture. But I'm projecting my label of what that means. So oh I think the situation is totally ripe for a bunch of misinterpretations and projections and guesses about what the other person's intentions are that are easy to mess up. (laughs) And (laughs) so there's one of my big pieces is, wait a second, wait a second. Can we put a huge pause between the thought we're having and whether or not we believe it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking about intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and intergenerational learnings, um, epigenetics, the stuff that's passed down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how much culturally um, and racially mm-hmm. there is embedded in those learnings. Like um, different groups of people have suffered different forms of oppression in history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh for some groups of people who have really, really known oppression um, and violence and violence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, genocide, mm-hmm. at, right? Like there are things that land differently in their bodies mm-hmm. than for people who, whose historical, like not just the individual right here, right now, but mm-hmm. generations back, whose like people who live in white bodies have different experiences than people who live in bodies of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and different bodies of color and different bodies of culture have different mm-hmm. experiences than one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's, there's intergenerational learnings and knowings, um, experiences of what is safe and what is unsafe of how we process and how we deal with these things mm-hmm. in different bodies that go beyond what, beyond family of origin stuff that mm-hmm. move into yeah. intergenerational pieces. And I think that's a really important piece for us to just note. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and because we talk a lot about, okay, so what do you do with that information? I think it's about slowing things down. So much. Like you said. Mm-hmm. It's about putting a pause. Wait, 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 slow things down. Right. And how does this actually feel in your body? Mm-hmm. And can you even be curious with me out loud about what those things that are happening in your body may mean for you personally, for you from your your family of origin that you come from, from the larger cultural landscape that you come from, from right. maybe generations back? Can we be curious together about what knowings live inside us? I think mm-hmm. that that slowing down process is so incredibly important, especially when there's big conversations and big issues that can otherwise create a conflict. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a few couples, a few uh, interracial couples that I've worked with in mm-hmm. my practice, mm-hmm. where when it comes to making big life decisions like buying land, buying a mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The weight that those decisions carry is different for people who are in bodies of color who have traditionally not been allowed to own land mm-hmm. than they are for people mm-hmm. who are in white bodies who have mm-hmm. generations upon generations upon generations of landowners in their mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm thinking of someone I worked with. It was a different cultural background, but the knowing was everything can be taken away from you at any mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And so buying land is a stupid way to spend money. You should mm-hmm. spend money only on oh. education. That's the thing nobody can take. Yeah, because that's your mind. It, it lives you in your brain. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just thinking because there was so much genocide culturally in this person's yeah. history that um, buying land was a really scary. Pro- it was mm-hmm. scary and and in the in the family of origin thought of as a dumb way to spend money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I worked with a mixed race couple mm-hmm. where it was the opposite, where the person of color mm-hmm. uh, was the one who buying land really meant something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we uh, nobody in my family has ever been able to mm-hmm. buy land before. And for mm-hmm. the white partner in the relationship, it was, I feel guilty buying land because mm-hmm. I feel right. Like, and so mm-hmm. so there were mm-hmm. different other issues. There were up. different pieces and. Still, the work for them was to slow down, to listen to themselves and to listen to one another. There wasn't a right or a wrong, but it was, Mm -hmm. let's slow down to navigate this. Yeah. I also want to point out that sometimes there are much more superficial, flippant issues that come up. Mm -hmm. Like when one culture is about pushing food on people, not like obesity, but like 
in the Arab culture, like you're supposed to ask like 5,000 times until the guest finally says, yes, I'll eat it. Right. So <laughs> if if I was at your house and then I said no to your tea, then you you, well, I, you would both be like, but you have well, to have the tea and the cookies but, and the and the. And the Amazing. I still want to say yes to that, but you guys also know that we're very Americanized. I know. So, so I know. no, but in theory, yes. 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 Like that. <laughs> yes, in theory. <laughs> but we're too Americanized for that. But so yeah. there there are all these absolutely deep generational cultural issues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, I'm not minimizing, but there's also families that have these much more, I don't like the word superficial. That's not right. it. No, it's hospitality but though, right? Yeah, thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's still about pause and slow down and breathe. Mm -hmm. And Jules, you had alluded at the beginning. I just want to name it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite skills, the story in my head. Mm -hmm. And so it's about having a conversation of like, this is, I do call it the story in my head. I say Mm -hmm. that term a lot in my marriage, Mm -hmm. not even about us, but like such and such has happened. This is the story in my Mm -hmm. head. Yeah. Um, another way to say that is what I'm guessing that means is yes, another yeah. way to say that is what I'm making up is mm-hmm. another way to say that is <laughs> uh, what I'm thinking and trying not to believe is <laughs> another you know, way to say it is what I'm imagining is. Yes. Well, clearly, there's a lot of different ways. There's a there. lot of ways so you can find your way. Yeah. And, and so there, there's a lot of ways to bring these stories in. And what I have mm-hmm. been bringing into my work more and more lately mm-hmm. is something that I've taken and learned from Resma Menachem. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the slowing down, in terms of the finding yeah. that pause, mm-hmm. what I've been teaching my people is that when they need that pause mm-hmm. to practice what Resma calls Vimbasi, which in the somatic experiencing world, we have other words for in interpersonal neurobiology, there's other words, right? Like there's other, different mnemonic ways of remembering this, mm-hmm. but I love Vimbasi because it really, it, it hits on more of the cultural aspects mm-hmm. of some of this. So okay. Vimbasi stands for the V is for vibes and vibration like checking in and being able to track the vibes and vibration that you're picking up in your body. I okay. stands for images and thoughts, mm. right? Um, like a, a thing that you're remembering, like a dream kind of space or, or something mm-hmm. along those mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. Um, M stands for meaning making. That would be the story in my head, mm-hmm. right? B stands for behaviors and urges. Mm-hmm. A stands for affects and feelings. Mm. S stands stands for sensations. And then I, which I really love, stands for the second I, stands for imagination. It's like, you Mm. know, kind of like the, what could it be? What could it become? Mm-hmm. Right, because Almost so in a much. Way am I getting that right? It's. I think it's beyond hope. It's because it's not just hope. It's like, it's it's like the seeds, you know, like that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. it's like the good stuff in the future, like of happening, not. What could it be? That's all the negative stuff I'm imagining. That's what I'm just trying to parcel. Or it out. could be. It could be both. Imaginings. It could be yes. both. Yep. It could, yeah, like it doesn't I, have I to be positive imaginings, right? That's, so, like, I think okay. imagination in many ways it helps us see a future, mm-hmm. right? And so, so yeah. I think you know whatever that might be. I don't want to classify yeah. it good or bad, right? Right. Um, but I think it, I it helps us move. And like when Resma mm-hmm. talks about imagination, he also talks about imaginary cells and butterfly goo and how when the caterpillar is inside of the cocoon, it turns into mm-hmm. this like the, the cells actually ch- completely transform and become something different. Mm-hmm. And then comes the butterfly, but the cells have to go through this transformation process. And so imagination mm-hmm. lives in that space of transformation. Okay. Okay. 
right? Mm -hmm. Um, It invites it. So so slow it down. So for folks at home, how would you use this Mm -hmm. to have a deeper exploration? Right. So so the Mm -hmm. way that I I use it comes from what Resma teaches, which is Mm -hmm. to take these moments to slow things down and do uh, like a little scribing, right? Mm -hmm. Where you use Vimbasi right? Mm-hmm. The V-I-M-B-A-S-I. Yeah. As so you could put it in like a little list. You put it in a little list mm-hmm. and then you're literally just tracking each of these things through, through your mm-hmm. nervous system, through your body. And mm-hmm. it's like these, it helps you to connect with the different knowledge, the different knowings, the different way that you hold information mm-hmm. and really learn more about yourself. And mm-hmm. then if you can do that now, now I go into imagination. Now imagine the conversation that you can bring forward with your partner if you're both doing that. Right. Oh. And, and this gets to cultural differences in a huge way. Cause I'm mm-hmm. sitting here in, in a body that's a white body mm-hmm. and uh, uh, having uh, enough, enough history that I've divorced from my body. Now I'm not as divorced as I was. I'm pretty good at mm-hmm. tracking now, but it, it was a journey for me. And the word vibrations or vibes or energy feels really foreign to me. But then I'm imagining my partner who is amazing at reading people and it has cultural differences for me where we actually don't come from the same kind of background and he would be like vibes of course (laughs) so (laughs) i'm sitting here thinking like oh how cool that we could um hang together and i could learn something about a new way of of thinking or being with yourself or being with each other that's different from mm-hmm. how I was taught to be right. with myself or be with other people. That's right. Whoops. Yeah. Rebecca, are you actually saying that you take the pause and then I want people to hear this. I do it too. And you either there or go somewhere else and literally pay attention to all these things and sometimes mm-hmm. write them down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're in the car going grocery shopping. You can't well, yes. do that right then. <laughs> right. But, but in I that still, case, I just like pause and slow but down. But you and, still like slow down and try to think, because what I do I, even I, quickly is like, what's what's this really about for me right now? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a yeah. much quicker superficial version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I might sit with you it. really do this. I might sit with it and go like, okay, wait, what am I feeling right now? Like, am I feeling any vibes? Is there any image coming up for me? Like, what's mm-hmm. the thought mm-hmm. in my... Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm kind of going through the Vimbasi list. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Um, and I might, and I'm coming up, I'm learning more. I'm, it's giving me an invitation. It's opening a doorway mm-hmm. for me to go, oh, what's going on, Rebecca? What's happening inside yeah. of you? Mm-hmm. And if my partner is also doing that yeah. or witnesses me doing it, or if I just simply do it myself and then turn to my partner and say, here's what I'm figuring out about myself right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It gives, it gives him or it gives my, whoever you're partnered with, yeah, it yeah. gives them mm-hmm. an opportunity to sit and, figure out like, oh, well, maybe it's different for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because so much, I think, of of what interracial mixed couples are working through are mm-hmm. differences. How do we navigate mm-hmm. our differences? We have different ways. We have different learnings. We have different mm-hmm. knowings in our body. Mm-hmm. Different things feel safe to us or unsafe to us. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest differences I see coming in every time I work with this is differences around what is appropriate boundaries inside families. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. So <laughs> yeah, it's just because Arabs have none. Right. So <laughs> sorry to Arabs out there who do. I don't mean to be that judgmental coming from the Arab family, but like it's, yeah, there's right. So there's, there's, blended. <laughs> and, and 
um, I'm only going to speak as an American mutt, there tends to be a lot of thought about boundaries and respecting boundaries and not sharing as much or not getting mm-hmm. in each other's space. Um, there's a lot of talk about enmeshment, stuff like that. So yeah, I just think that when we're talking about that and if if you're a couple who struggles with boundary differences for whatever reason whether it's cultural or what it doesn't matter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or just um, familial or just familial or what do you like when yeah. it comes to boundaries i would say slow down <laughs> again well, this is the slow down podcast everybody <laughs> um so um what we can do is is slow down and talk about okay so if i did things totally your way what dream would be met for you and if you oh. did things totally my way, what dream would be met for me? Then we can get away from talking about who's respecting or not respecting whose boundaries. Mm-hmm. We have two different definitions yeah. of, of what boundaries even mean mm-hmm. because we have these cultural differences around it. Now let's drop away from that and talk about what needs get met when we're approaching each other in certain ways, what dreams get met when we're approaching each other in certain ways so that we can creatively come up with a different way of talking about this rather than somebody accusing someone else of not respecting boundaries or mm-hmm. which which boundaries are we supposed to be respectful of? The one who has more porous ones or the one who has more right. rigid ones? Yeah. There's something really niggling at me that I need to talk yeah, about. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Our culture is really, really, really freaking centered on whiteness. Yeah. We don't even see it. We're swimming in it. And yep. we live in in inside of a system where we are just, there, there's systems of oppression that favor people who are not melanated, that favor people mm-hmm. who, are, who are often male, who are cisgendered, who are heterosexual, mm-hmm. who are Christian, who are English speaking, who are born in the U.S., mm-hmm. right? And I think we have to name that because inside of relationships, how do we how do we navigate and know like what what's what especially when we're talking about boundaries if we're not also mm-hmm. looking at the the water that we're swimming in yeah and okay. and and who knows what I'm thinking about different people who could be listening to this people who are both in bodies of color and who are not from the same cultural background yeah. and somebody who's white who's married to someone who isn't like that. Uh, different things a, land in different bodies different, differently differently mm-hmm. and what i would suggest is there's not a right or wrong way to do boundaries yeah there's not mm-hmm. a right or wrong porous isn't bad and rigid good rigid isn't bad and porous good no 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 no. wait a second <laughs> i just love it when you say that i that's why i'm sitting here smiling because <laughs> right i love that you see the the nuance of that um, I've heard you say in different trainings or whatever mm-hmm. that like sometimes when I'm on the couch with my kiddo, I'm going to be porous and it's wonderful. And mm-hmm. then when I'm, who knows, X, Y, Z at a restaurant and an airplane or something, I'm right. rigid and that's okay for that time. Yeah. And so yeah. it I'm really, trapped on an airplane yeah. next to a guy who's <laughs> saying a lot of stuff that is really hard. <laughs> take a Dramamine and go to sleep. That's yeah. What I, yeah. <laughs> I have right, to, but, by the way, I don't take what? it for that reason. I have but, to. But, but let me, let me hold suppress. you there because now if, if you were in a, a body of culture, uh-huh. it mm-hmm. might not be safe for you to take a Dramamine and go to sleep. Yeah, while you're totally. traveling, totally. you might have to think about safety in a whole different way. Absolutely. And so, if if you have a white partner who's then saying, "Oh, just take a drama meeting and go to sleep," that's dismissing mm-hmm. something that's really big inside of your nervous system, mm-hmm. right? And so, I think 
if we're in a relationship that has any difference at all, and these differences in particular, Mm -hmm. I would say, how much space are we leaving to listen to bodies that tend towards getting marginalized? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not... You know, that the, the, the culture does that yeah. and and to allow more space. So if you ha- if you're a person who's married to someone who is not in a, a body that's white, cis, male, if you're if your partner is doesn't fall into that category, that's a body that has a little bit less privilege in our culture. So what would it be like to make space for them to share how things land for them? Mm-hmm. first yeah as we're having this conversation mm-hmm. and how can we make space with each other to be really curious about how are we going to make this marriage work when we bring differences to the table mm-hmm. and doing it just mm-hmm. one person's way or just the other person's way i promise you is not going to work very well right it ends up here's the thing if if somebody's willing to like shut up and just like swallow it, it can work if work means we don't get divorced. If work <laughs> means like we hang out together for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know that it works if what you want is to know each other incredibly well. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like it, part of this question is a U-turn. How well do I want to understand my partner? Mm-hmm. And is there any risk in that for me? Is there fear in that for me? If so, let's start there. Mm-hmm. You know what I want to hear, but I'm feeling a little freaked out about what I, when I hear the differences between us, what that's going to mean for me. Because we jump. Here's the thing. Here's your trick. When you're listening, do not jump to what this is going to mean to you five minutes from now, five years from now, 20 years from now. When you're listening, Listen to understand the other person. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. It's it's really yeah. about being able to see your partner's experience, mm-hmm. have compassion and empathy for their experience, and be mm-hmm. honest about what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With curiosity. Yeah. 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 So you could learn about like how how do, does the world differ for them than it does for you? Mm-hmm. And how do you then learn how to take care of each other in that space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a good place for us to land today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Stay protected and connected. Take care. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at one of our workshops. You'll find our next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you can ask us your questions? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. And here are some gratitudes. Thanks to Al Hoberman, our sound editor and podcast production magic maker. Thanks to every one of you who has joined us for our workshops in the past. We've learned so much from all of you. And thanks to everyone who's reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help others to find the show. Take care of each other best you can. See you next time.
We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.